episode 41, chapter 4 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. And today, we're wrapping up our conversation with Jay Kim, talking to him about his new book, Analog Church. Jay Kim is a graduate of Fuller Seminary and serves on staff at Vintage Faith Church in Silicon Valley, overseeing leadership and teaching. He's on the leadership team at the Regeneration Project and also co-hosts the Regeneration Podcast. His work has been featured in Christianity Today, The Gospel Coalition, and Relevant Magazine. He and his wife, Jenny, live in California with their two kids. Step two in creating a lifestyle of discipleship involves practicing the basics, like reading the Bible. Throughout church history, this meant listening to a person in front of us read or recite scripture, or reading a physical printed copy of the text ourselves. The digital age has changed that, though. It's given us the opportunity to consume more information at a faster rate than ever before. So it's worth taking the time to evaluate how our reading of Scripture has been affected by these changes in technology. If we're called to have analog relationships in community and to worship in an analog way, how can we read Scripture in a way that fosters those analog relationships and produces transformation rather than just a transfer of information? In this chapter, Jay unpacks the value of a slower and more intentional approach to our reading of Scripture. In an age of Twitter-sized bites of information, it's important to take time to read a longer work like the Bible, not just for information, but for transformation. Part three of your book, you talk about uh, Scripture and how Scripture, we are turning this into uh, an over-digitized culture, just like everything else. Can you explain to us really quickly, though, um, how we're sort of, how Scripture reading, just this act of, of reading Scripture is being, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, lessened. It's, it's being uh, yeah. denigrated, I guess, because of our social media culture. We're just sort of picking up little snippets in the, here and there. Sure. So how, how, what is that doing to us? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to be clear, you know, you get it when you read the book. What I am not um, arguing against is like reading the Bible on your phone. Although I, I don't do that too much. What I'm not saying is like, Hey, no digital, uh, versions of the Bible. I think that's fine. I think it's really helpful in a lot of ways or audio Bibles or whatever. Uh, when it comes to scripture in the digital age, primarily what I'm talking about is the way the digital age is actually undoing the way we think about reading or even the, the fact of reading itself, like the practice of reading itself. We just don't read as much. I mean, mm -hmm. the statistics bear that out. And there is a lot of research to show that that's connected to the fact that in the digital age, so much of the information that we intake and ingest comes at us in quick hit 240 character, uh, little tweets, you know, and whatever else. And, um, I mean, I use Twitter and I enjoy Twitter, but I don't, you know, I I read books when it comes to like wanting to actually dig deep into an idea or several ideas. Twitter is just a place for me to stay connected or have some fun conversations or look at some funny memes that make me laugh or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I think when it comes to the Bible, the problem is this: if we if we allow the digital age to rewire the way we ingest information um, 
then then it may very well damage the way we understand the Bible. We're seeing this happen all the time. So, you know, even the phenomenon of chapters and verses. When I say John three sixteen, that's a fairly recent phenomenon, right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's not like like you know the early church fathers did not say hey john 316 yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. the gospel according to john mm-hmm. and you would get to the place because the scriptures are you know it's a library of 66 incredible works um that are long format stories that require uh, uh, an involved and patient slow and steady um in it for the long haul sort of of reading, you know, so um, I'm I'm afraid that we're losing that ability today. You know, my wife is a high school teacher, and it's alarming how many teenagers today just don't read books. And why would they? All of their reading is done with their thumbs, you know, scrolling quickly yeah. through their phone. So um, that that's the point I'm I'm getting at, and I hope that we can get back to as church leaders and as followers of Jesus, beginning to see the Scripture as a beautiful beautiful story uh, that deserves our um, extended and committed attention. Yeah, that's so true. You know, I've caught myself in in service. I, I usually read on my phone during church services yeah, as I'm great. following along. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I've caught myself reading it like I read articles online where you, oh, look, for, you look for major mm. points or major paragraph uh, breaks like the skim reading skim it yeah. find, f- pull the important points because i mean our our brains and our eyes have been trained to to f- skip to yes. those points on the page yes. and in doing so i miss out on that that slow approach that you're talking about where yeah i'm, I'm really taking the time to allow the words to to wash over me and i mean like like you said, that's how the church has had access to the scriptures for thousands of years now mm-hmm. it's been this yeah slow approach where, I mean, maybe it wasn't even written down. The only way that you could consume yeah. it was to hear the words verbally spoken. and In a communal setting. Yeah, in a communal setting. That's right. And so yeah. skipping through it on my phone, uh, I catch myself every once in a while. And so I try to be really conscious of that. And uh, like in my in my private devotional reading, I, I, I don't do my phone for that. I try to have mm. a physical book in front of me just because, I don't know, it puts me in a different mindset. And yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's like, uh, you know, neurologically, that's true. The way we take in information on screens versus like paper books, that's undeniable. That's been proven to be true. So yeah, I'm right there with you. I I have a hard time reading anything of um, worth on my phone. It's really reserved for reading uh, Twitter, but I'll use my Bible app sometimes Mm to read like a little short section and stuff, but I've never had that experience, but that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it it really just underscores to me that to the degree to which technology can be helpful, I think it's great to let's use it for that. And then, but let's be really conscious of where the pitfalls are and make sure that our technology isn't dehumanizing us. And, and, and and so, because the best technology should bring out and you talk about it early on in the book they should bring out those things that are human about us and so like yes you know social media should connect us more but now we've run so far through it that it's it's disconnecting us and so mm-hmm. um let's try to use technology wisely and 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 that takes a conscious presence i think when yeah. it, uh, it's got to be about awareness and yeah. mm-hmm. remembering who we are as followers of jesus mm-hmm. and who we are as members of the body of christ 
Yep. I think if we can kind of keep those two things in mind, the technology just kind of becomes a tool. Yeah. Great yeah. tool. Jay, I feel like we could talk about this stuff for hours, man, because there's still so much <laughs> stuff in your book that, that people just got to go out and get a copy of it and read it. And um, so uh, where can people go? Well, well, first off, what is the transformation that you're hoping happens in people's lives when they read this book? What's the change are you uh, wanting to yeah. see them? Oh, man. Well, so much. But um, I guess I would summarize it this way. I, ultimately, my hope is that anybody reading the book would um, – Feel a sense of hope uh, and and joy, really, in the sense that you know, in the digital age, we are always told that there's something bigger and better, and we're supposed to look and sound and feel like a particular thing. Um, but I hope people walk away from the book realizing that no, no, no like exactly where you are. And, and where God's placed you and the people he's placed you around and the situations and circumstances um, that is unique to you. And there is an endless sea of potential if you would choose to dive deep there mm-hmm. and, um, and be that, be the thing in embodied ways in real space and in real time that God has called you to be wherever you are. And if we would all do that, then the... Um, church can continue to be the transformative um, medium of change in the world that that God uh, always intended for us to be. So there you go. That's uh, that's one of my major hopes for, for the book and for anybody reading. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, where can people go to get a copy of the book and then connect with you, follow your work, learn about your church if you want to tell you know, where people can follow that right now. Yeah, totally, totally. um, Thank you so much for asking. That's really kind. Uh, The book is, again, it's just called Analog Church, uh, and you can find it anywhere they sell books, I think, you know, a little boutique online retailer called Amazon might be a good place. I don't know. Uh, Small startup. You know, anywhere else. (laughs) Yeah, a little small little startup and just getting started, so go support them. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so just Analog Church, anywhere they sell books. And uh, for me, um, the book and other stuff I'm working on, information about the church where I serve and help lead, all of that stuff is just on um, a website, uh, my website, which is just jkimthinks.com. It's not that I'm the only one who thinks. It just means these are the things I'm thinking about. So (laughs) jkimthinks.com, and uh, there's links to everything there. and that's my Twitter and my Instagram and all that as well. So, cool. yeah. Great. There and you go. Thank you so much. We'll have links to everything in the show notes like always. So uh, you guys can just scroll down there and click on anything and uh, get connected with uh, Jay and what he's doing. Um, Jay, again, thank you so much. Can't thank you enough. This has been a great conversation. I love your book. And um, I think this is, uh, this is a revolution that we need to see uh, come to our churches. And so we need to all start oh. thinking more analog for sure. Uh, thanks so much, you guys. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate the work you guys are doing. And, and um, yeah, wish we could have talked much longer, but that was a blast. Thank you. Reading our Bibles is one of the cornerstone practices of the Christian faith. Scripture tells us the beautiful story of how God is working amongst humanity to save us from sin and death. And reading this story is one of the primary ways we learn to know who God is and how much he loves us. But our digital culture can cheapen the way we read the Bible if we aren't careful. Instead of sitting down to read large portions of Scripture and seeing the nuanced way God works in each story, 
Social media can have us believe that the most important parts can be boiled down into a single inspirational verse. If we are not spending regular time in study and Bible reading, we will miss what God wants to do in the world around us, which will lead us to miss His voice in our everyday lives. So I want to challenge you to spend time reading Scripture the analog way. This doesn't necessarily mean you have to read on a print Bible. But take some time to read a significant portion of Scripture, focusing on what God is doing in the larger story as it takes place. One of my favorite places to begin is in Genesis 12 with the story of Abraham. God is so active in shaping the story of the patriarchs because it is through them that he brings about the promise of salvation. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Jay's work, check out jkimthinks.com. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation, where we reflect on the value of analog relationships. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.